smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast it is no secret that when one make investments for long term one may tend to make mistakes too hence to avoid biggest investing mistakes in future one should understand the principle for wealth creation hello everyone i'm navneet dubey from mint's personal finance team today in the fourth episode of financial planning we will discuss basic tenets for wealth creation to answer this question we have again invited suresh chadagopan he is the managing director and principal officer at ladder 7 wealth planners private limited welcome to why not mint money a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started with your money journey So hi Suresh welcome to the fourth episode on financial planning and that is basic tenets for wealth creation so my first question is uh, what is liquidity and why should one focus on it uh thank you namneet for having me on the show uh so let us focus on the basic tenets and i would say uh, having appropriate liquidity and contingency is the most important thing when we start stuff on financial planning cutting back to 2020 we found a lot of people uh, were not getting their salaries they were in a huge amount of trouble so there can disruption in one's income at various points in time uh, the last time it was uh, due to covid uh, in other situations it can be due to just a job loss or for some other reason maybe the income uh, i mean the income has not time especially for people who are in contractual uh, employment or they are doing some gig work uh, the money may not come on time. for from that point of view having a certain liquidity at every point in time so that your expenses and near term goals taken care of is very very uh, important okay there can also be a situation where your expenses can go up so you have a certain expense pattern and uh, at certain situation suddenly uncalled for expenses have come up and suddenly there is a spike in expenses uh, in that particular month for example if you have had some friends or relatives come over and uh, stay with you for maybe a few days and in that time you had also uh, gone out with them you have used some transport and uh, you have also uh, maybe taken out for dinners and things like that the expenses uh, could have spiked and you have also given some gifts expenses could have spiked so in this kind of situation these are expected and from that point of view if you have a certain level of liquidity it will be really really uh, helpful so the other situation is a contingency i was talking about a income loss in a yep. income loss kind of a situation it is, that is not something that we easily anticipate i mean nobody knows if the if at all there is an income loss there can also be other situations where there may be an elderly parent uh, who may not have a appropriate uh, health insurance and if there is a hospitalization or any medical is required uh, one may have to spend a lot of those kind of things or there are other situations where one has siblings or one has uh, cousins or other people who may require money from time to time we see that in uh, families many families so in those kind of situations uh, we will require to have a certain amount of money as a contingency to take care of those kind of requirement otherwise what happens is either one will have to take a loan or one will have to dip into uh, existing investments which may have been invested with a particular view point for a particular goal that may not be the best way to 
go about it. So that is why liquidity and contingency are very, very important things to have in one's portfolio, even before we actually start investments in the portfolio. Okay. Okay. So like what is invest first and spend next principle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, a uh, lot of times when uh, people get an income, uh, what happens is they start spending the income and I mean, the income has come. It's a very happy time uh, for people and they start spending that. Uh, that it's, it's quite common with me also. <laughs> yeah, it, it's common with a lot of people. And that is why I thought I'll probably bring that up. Uh, and they want to inv- they want to invest. Okay, uh, it is not that they don't want to invest, but what happens is over a period of time, they have the money, they have so many things on which they, they need to spend money. And at the end of the month, they see that uh, there is not much money to go around. Uh, so there is no question of investment now. So what I, if let us say hypothetically you are earning, let us say 50,000 rupees, I'm just giving a hypothetical figure. So now if you have decided that I want to uh, invest, and of course, I want to spend the rest of it uh, guilt-free. So you first invest, okay, let us say 10,000 rupees is what you want to invest, for example. So you first invest, as soon as you get your income, invest, and the balance 40,000 rupees, you can spend the way that you want without any guilt uh, coming in the way. So that is a much better way. So uh, in this whole thing, I will say one more thing. We will have to draw a budget for whatever portion we are able to uh, keep aside for expenses. Any amount of money is not good enough for people as long as there is no budget and you are just uh, bringing in one goal after another, one expense after another and you are just spending. So there is no end to it. And one will also have to have the discipline that, okay, you are going to spend within within the means, within your uh, income after the investment so that you you will not get into this loan vicious cycle of loans so whatever is available after one can spend guilt-free and i would uh, suggest that unless there is a, a very pressing need one should be get into the loan business okay uh, so like as you were talking about investment so where should one invest their money yeah so um, uh, investing money is actually uh, calls for a lot of thought uh, as to what one wants to achieve, for what tenure we want to invest, what kind of liquidity are we seeking, what is our risk profile and what is the reward uh, that we want, what is the taxation of that particular investment that we uh, that we are investing in. Like for example, a lot of people, they say I am getting 8% on a FD. Uh, it is true, but it is a pre-tax income, right? If a yeah. person were in 30% tax bracket, 30% will go away from that 8% and what is actually left will be uh, something like 5.5%. 5.5%. Okay. Right. So, yeah, it will be roughly 5.5%. So people will have to understand all these aspects before they invest. For example, if they are investing in a mutual fund, uh, uh, what happens is the taxation treatment is that of a capital gain treatment. In the case of equity, it is 10% over and above the 1 lakh capital gain uh, which is allowed as a deduction. Uh, one has one does not have to pay uh, up to 1 lakh of uh, capital gain on equity oriented investments. Suffice to say that uh, in the case of these products that ta- it is very very tax efficient and the tax may be uh, 10% or less. 
so one has to be very choosy while picking up the products not only in terms of return and risk but in terms of how efficient uh, uh, how efficient it is and some products may not be necessarily liquid for example a real estate may be a good product but it uh, it is not really liquid the price discovery is a challenge unlike in the financial product so we need to look at all these things and then put put together an appropriate portfolio suitable for that particular family uh, in terms of that tenure especially that tenure because if something is coming up in the next 1 2 3 years that amount has to be available to the family as and when that goal uh, comes up so all these things have to be thought of properly while okay. putting together a portfolio and it's a very nuanced uh, uh, exercise okay okay so like so what should be the time horizon of for the investments and before that i would also like to go should one invest in stocks and link their stocks to their goals yeah so uh, there are two questions so uh, what is the time horizon for investment let us uh, come to that first okay uh, see when when we are uh, uh, working i mean our lifespan let us take it as roughly about 80 thereabouts okay so whatever we are uh, earning today and we are investing uh, some of the goals are for the in the sh- are going to are uh, going to be used up in the short term some of the goals are coming up in the short term like you may want to buy a vehicle you may want to uh, and that that may come up in the next 2 uh, years you may want to buy a house that may come in the next 5 years uh, uh, you may want to go on a vacation that may come in 6 months and so on so you need to in a way that your goals are met and you also need to invest uh, in such a way that there are uh, long term goals which also be met like for example children may be uh, currently small but their education uh, their graduation post graduation is coming up in let us say 11 12 years so for that purpose also we need to put a sum of money aside to take care of their education there may be other goals which may be 20 25 years away like for example a retirement goal yes. so but Uh, appropriately so we will have to choose a uh, product so if your goal is 10 years away 12 years away 15 years away uh, there can be products which may be volatile in the short term but can potentially give good returns in the long term equity actually fits the bill equity products actually fits the bill because it is volatile so uh, i mean it can give uh, in one year it may give 25% next year it may give 4% third year it may give minus 4% and so on and so forth but if you actually look at uh, what Uh, what returns the sensex has given 1980 onwards i mean it started in 1980 so uh, from 1980 onwards if you look at it till date it's about 15 and a half 16% compound annual growth rate so while there have been periods where uh, the returns have been very poor and there have been periods where uh, there has not been much growth if one is a long term investor equity uh, assets reward the investor very very handy now coming to the next uh, question that is you ask me whether one directly invest in equity oriented assets for achieving certain specific goals uh, so i mean as far investments are concerned one should invest that equity only if one has the knowledge of that equity uh, of uh, the equity markets in general and about that company and have the time to follow all that if you have uh, enough patience to do all that for most people neither do they have the knowledge and skills nor uh, do they have the uh, capacity to uh, capacity to 
to understand that uh, segment and the market and the economy and things like that nor do, do they have uh, the tools required or the information uh, services required to acquire enough knowledge about that particular sector or economy things like that which typically a fund manager has so managed fund like a mutual fund or like a portfolio management service it's all managed by a typical fund manager so fund manager is uh, essentially a, a specialist this person will have the appropriate qualification uh, this person will be an expert in that area he will be ably supported by a team of analysts who will be uh, who will be looking at the various segments and the various companies in the entire ecosystem and then be doing certain research and feeding the fund manager with appropriate uh, appropriate uh, investments to do based on certain criteria that they have allocated. so the investment team together what to invest in and what to exit again for exiting also there may be a there may be certain parameters so that will be much much better for a normal lay person if they want to participate as far as equity is concerned other than trying their equity a typical person a typical uh, retail investor also will have some other job in some other uh, area so they may not have the time to spend so much uh, so much uh, time on a daily basis or a weekly basis and put in that kind of effort so in lot of it is not really possible for a normal investor to do it it may be a much much better idea to allow the fund manager uh, whichever fund manager uh, who is doing that job on a professional basis by paying a fee and have them do that work based on a particular mandate that they have taken up and enjoy the returns rather than investing directly in equity so basically uh, one should invest through mutual fund routes rather than going into directly stock investing yeah namnit yeah. i will say that i would say managed funds i am not saying that you have to invest only through mutual funds okay. any kind of a managed fund rather than okay. it can be okay. a pml it can be a af it yeah, can be any product Okay, okay. Or whatever it is, I mean, even a stock portfolio also. Somebody is going to manage that for you. Uh, then you are better off because you are essentially giving it in the hands of a specialist. Yeah, because one is, can do a stock SIPs also. Yeah. So, but but I what I want to hasten here, you can do stock SIP, but somebody has to guide you. There has to be some specialist who is guiding you on that uh, entire journey. And as a retail investor, if somebody is going to try to do that, first of all. uh they don't have enough knowledge about that they get excited and emotionally attached to certain stocks and uh, their portfolio typically is not diversified like i have seen lot of portfolios where there are only banks and there are some it companies there there is nothing else a typical professional portfolio put together by a, a fund management team is well diversified because they have a particular ma- investment mandate based on which they will have to work suppose oh. it's a equity diversified large cap fund there will be something like uh, maybe 14 or 15 different industry sectors and among the industry sectors there will be lot of companies in each of the industry sector so that it will be a diversified portfolio of maybe 40 50 stocks okay so which is much better than just focusing on one or two verticals and investing that where uh, there is a concentration risk and of course people also get very emotionally attached to some xyz company and uh, that is uh, that proves to be the detriment Okay. Okay. So I I want to put up two questions here. Like, why should one diversify their investments? And like, what are the merits of doing you know regular investments? So let us talk about why should one uh, diversify the investment. 
so different investment products have actually different dynamics uh, okay the risk reward the risk reward is uh, different the tenure for which uh, one should invest and uh, the tenure which that particular product will do well can be different i talked about equity as product which will work wonderfully well uh, especially if you are looking at it from the long term point of view i'm i'm saying long term when i say long term at least 7 8 10 years uh, kind of a time frame is probably assumed that to be long term anything about 10 years truly is long term so one should look at uh, products which are suitable from a long term investment point of view if that is going to be your tenure and your goals are coming uh, going to come like that so every product has certain characteristics so suppose uh, some person is very risk averse and that person wants regular income probably equity may not be the uh, right product for them maybe a simple fixed uh, uh, deposit or a bond may be an appropriate product okay because the the risk is low may get a regular return from that product from time to time and they are okay with a comparatively lower uh, amount of return to certain other products so based on what you require today and going forward in the future and at what times your expenses and your goals are coming up you necessarily have to have a mix of products like for example even in the case of uh, real estate real estate also works well only in the long term okay you hear you hear stories of uh, this house i bought at uh, only 60000 rupees and now it is going at uh, 2 crores 20 lakhs okay yeah yeah thanks I mean, <laughs> yeah so that happens over 40 years it doesn't happen over 3 uh, years or 2 years so we have to have that uh, uh, i mean that uh, thing always in mind as to what mix we want for what outlook for what period for what liquidity we want but i think there are many other factors also involved in such case like location area where you're taking that land and all yeah yeah absolutely so what i'm trying to say is that real estate as a product or equity as a product is essentially a long term product and if you are looking at wealth creation from the long term point of view that may be an appropriate product but in the short term and the medium term also you may have multiple goals and you may have multiple requirements for uh, liquidity so you may require other products Uh, which have other characteristics to invest like for example you may want to invest in a debt oriented product if you want to set up an income you may invest in a fd or a, uh, a bond or ncd uh, if you want to set up an income because it gives an income yeah debt mutual fund do not give an income but it's a good product to have uh, a lower level of risk and uh, a good tax adjusted return so there are different objectives with which we invest in different products and some products like gold can be uh, uncorrelated or negatively correlated with some other products which include which decreases the risk of the overall portfolio okay. so for that is also one of the reasons why we actually bring certain uh, certain products in the portfolio to overall give stability to the portfolio itself okay so like as you are talking about risk risk factors are involved so how much risk should one take with their investments yeah very good question uh, see risk is something when we talk about risk we are talking about uh, typically in lot of cases about volatility lot of people are not able to stomach volatility uh, and especially in the short term uh, cert maybe equity and real estate can be volatile in the case of real estate you don't uh, realize the volatility because price discovery is not really very uh, very much there 
but in the case of equity on a daily basis it is quoted in fact uh, as far as shares are concerned it is uh, it is second, uh, second on second so you know what is the price at which you can buy and sell so you you know that so the price discovery is uh, uh, price discovery is very much there so uh, depending on what kind of return that one wants what kind of tenure one has then the appropriate risk we will have to take in the uh, in the overall portfolio some portfolio uh, which has uh, equity and real estate in the long term they do very well and the risk adjusted return over the long term may be very very good and uh, uh, certain uh, certain things which you really want in the short term or if the person does not want to take risk then we will have to temper down the risk in the overall portfolio and appropriately invest in uh, products which are suitable to the risk profile of the person so typically as financial advisors what we do is that we measure the risk profile of a person before suggesting uh, a investment bouquet for them a portfolio for them that is because normally it is uh, said that a person at the early stages of life can potentially take a higher risk that is a that is the uh, academic portion of it but the point is some people who are very young or are very very risk averse and some people who are at a slightly advanced age maybe over 50 or 60 also they have the uh, potential to take more risk they are they are risk averse in fact they want to take a bit of risk so there a portfolio not only do we have to see what goals are coming up at what point when they require the money we will also have to put a portfolio based on the risk profile and capacity of that uh, person risk capacity also goes up if person is healthy then the capacity to take risk also go up if the person is uh, going to get a, a pension suppose person is from armed forces or the uh, or a government employee they will get a certain pension okay so a pension will take care of their regular uh, requirements of Uh, regular requirements in the retirement stage so the capacity for them to take a risk in their overall portfolio is higher or if a person has uh, let us say a working spouse uh, then the capacity to take risk becomes again higher if the person were young in age let us say a person has a much higher risk capacity at age 30 and the same person at age 55 may have a much lower risk capacity because the number of years to retirement is much lower and any problems in the intervening years at 55 it'll affect greatly but at 30 they have the potential to stabilize so we have to look at risk profile and risk capacity and accordingly bring up the appropriate products in the portfolio to meet all the uh, all the requirements in the near term and in the long term okay okay so uh, my last question is like there is a saying avoid blunders itself puts you ahead of the game so how do you comprehend this statement yeah this is a very common statement uh, uh, among uh, financial advisors uh, see lot of people without actually uh, understand what they what they really need in their portfolio they is fads uh, suppose something is going up let us say crypto or suppose uh, property is now uh, doing well or maybe equity is doing well whatever is well they invest without understanding what really has to be in the uh, portfolio so typically what happens in many of the cases is that they have chosen products which are probably not appropriate for them uh, even insurance for that matter lot of people just get into insurance they they say i am getting assured return i want to get into this product i or i want to get a pension product i want to get into a pension product because uh, this is going to give me 1 lakh rupees 
when i retire every month something like that okay huge money gets stuck in these kind of uh, these kind of various kinds of investment and it actually acts as a huge lag it acts an albatross around their neck and uh, pulls them down by several years so some of these products with they in it may not be easy to get out like for example an insurance product i mean getting in is fine but getting out if you get out also you are going to lose money if you are going to stay in the insurance product for the entire tenure also it may not give a, a good return so in a, in a sense you are losing or yeah. take the case of real estate i mean i have, i have had these kind of situations with uh, people where they have put too much of money into real estate thinking that land parcels will appreciate or this house in this place or commercial property will appreciate later on understanding that their money is stuck they are paying emis uh, they are having loans on their heads and uh, they are not even able to get tenants for in some of the property so it becomes a blunder it becomes a huge uh, uh, problem for them and getting out of that i mean especially real estate insurance these kind of that is also not that very easy so that is why to start with itself uh, understand what you are doing if you don't understand take professional help and get into only those things which are suitable to you so if you just avoid the mistakes and blunders you are ahead by multiple years so that is something that we keep telling and it is true in most cases thank you thank you so much suresh for your valuable inputs that brings us to the end of our episode if you would like to know more or make suggestions of a personal finance topic that you want us to cover you can reach out to me on twitter at @amnavneetdubey thank you for tuning in see you in the next episode This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.